Hello, cyber friends. This is Chatting Cyber, and I'm your host, Mark Shine. This podcast focuses on how companies can help qualify and quantify the cost of a data breach. Chatting Cyber features some of the most well-respected privacy and cyber experts in the world. Join the conversation with business leaders, government agencies, and cyber experts to learn more about how and why they got into this ever-changing field that we call cyber risk. Hello, cyber colleagues. I'm Mark Shine, National Co-Chair of the Cyber Center of Excellence here at Marsh McLennan Agency. And today we have a true cyber celebrity with us, uh, Steve Templer from uh, Sterling Law Firm. Steve, thank you for joining. Thank you very much. Sterlington, but that's okay. We're, <laughs> we're, new, we're a new virtual law firm. So that's, uh, that's what we do. I apologize for that noise no, no, that came in. No worries. And thank you for correcting me. Um, my first question to you, Steve, is how did you become the co-chair of the cybersecurity and privacy practice of this you know, emerging uh, virtual law firm? Um, I was uh, the managing partner. The co-managing partners reached out to me. Um, they had, um, you know, LinkedIn pretty much or whatever. I post a lot. I present a lot. So um, I must have raised some um, <laughs> some attention somewhere. I got a phone call and we started a discussion. And um, the opportunity to be in a uh, in a truly virtual firm was um, was very enticing, very, very, very inviting to me. And that's not the only thing that's unique about Sterling Tin. From my understanding, they have, they have a, they're, they're very skilled in the private equity world. Pardon me? They, uh, private equity and mergers and acquisitions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We focus on, on uh, private equity firms, family, law, family firms that, that you know, run portfolios of companies. Uh, we, have a, we have a strong litigation department. We have um, transactional, a lot of transactional work as well. Um, and I, I was brought in to develop cybersecurity and privacy um, and engage also in uh, looking at how to protect clients who may be suffer uh, from or become the victim of somebody else's cyber attack or cyber incident. Sure. Well, I'm, I really appreciate you taking the time out to join us today and really dive into what's going in in the, in the cyber risk and M&A world. So my first question for you, Steve, is when we think about cyber risk, how does cybersecurity interplay with an MMA, M&A transaction? An eminent merger and acquisition in is a transaction. In the end, it's a it's a purchase and a sale. And there are in any purchase and sale environment, there is a certain amount of due diligence that has to be undertaken by the by the parties. And whether you are a buyer or seller acquisition or the acquired, um, there are considerations both on the uh, on the sell side as well as on the buy side that can have very, very, very serious implications for, um, for liability um, going forward or going, back, going backwards. And I'll explain that um, in, the event of a cyber, uh, in, in the event of a cyber incident that occurs post-acquisition, um, in the event of a cyber event that occurs pre-acquisition but doesn't get recognized. I mean, there are all sorts of Sure. Uh, events that can happen, all sorts of risks that are attendant to this, that um, that really make it um, really incumbent upon uh, portfolio companies 
um, and, their, and their private equity companies to pay attention and to address risk. Sure. So when we're looking at different types of transactions, we have things like mergers, acquisitions, leverage buyouts, management buyouts, trends offers, right? How does cybersecurity uh, change with each one of those different types of transactions? Or does it? Or do the same principles apply regardless of what type of transaction that you're doing? The, the same principles apply. It's slightly different. It's uh, old wine, new bottles. Pretty much. You're still looking at what am I buying? And what, what am I selling that may wind up um, liability upon me? So, you know, and, and the question is also, before you, you know, this is a, it, it's a business function. Cybersecurity is part of a business, um, it's part of your business functionality. It's not something that you add on. You know, it's just the same way as, you know, the old story of putting, you know, building a house with 12 on a cure. Um, it's the same thing. You're running a business and the business of running businesses, the same same thing to it. Thank you. Thank you for that. So I guess when we think about the different phases, Steve, within M&A, uh, screening, due diligence, negotiations, at what phase do you recommend uh, a particular uh, uh, sell side, buy side, doesn't matter, when should they be talking about cyber risk within the transaction? At what phase? You should be doing it prior to considering a sale. Um, if you or a merger, because if you have, um, look at it as a, as a time bomb that might go off post, post transaction. And either you're going to have, well, there are a number of things that you can do. We can advise clients to do. Number one is to obtain, um, obtain insurance that will protect you in the event that there is a latent cybersecurity um, problem that only gets discovered post-acquisition, some tail insurance. Um, have cyber insurance in the first place, number one. And, and make sure that you do the proper risk assessments to qualify for insurance coverage in the event you have to make a claim as you know, we're getting much, much more, um, much more granular in insurance demonstrate or show that they are, that they have or are working on, on achieving some measure of compliance with, with whatever cybersecurity standards might be out there. Sure. So you just mentioned standards. Um, so the regulatory landscape in cyber risk really is changing fairly dramatically. Um, how does that affect an M&A transaction? If you are, if the M&A transaction involves a healthcare type of entity, which um, handles PHI, personal health information, and there winds up being a, uh, a latent or a later discovered uh, HIPAA problem, i.e. the privacy rule has been violated because there's been a, a, a late discovered exfiltration and, and perhaps identity compromise as a result of exfiltration of protected health information 
Um, not only can you look at being sued for uh, in, in a civil action for, uh, for class action. Um, also though, you can also be guaranteed if it's, if it's extensive enough to have an investigation from the Office of Civil Rights, which of course is the Department of Health and Human Services, and you'll have a Department of Justice lawyer uh, calling you up to ask what happened and what you were doing about what happened. Who's responsible for that? And then who's going to be responsible for it? Is there, if you're selling a company, do you want your, um, you know, the, the buyer to look back to you? Are you making appropriate warranties and disclaimers? Can you even disclaim that? Can you disclaim latent cybersecurity risk without, uh, without really being, um, without really misrepresenting or engaging in some sort of at least alleged misrepresentation? Sure. You know, what is your base? Um, you know, there should be a baseline security level on the sell side so that you know that you're not, you're not selling something that can put you into a position of liability or potential liability. On the buy side, on the buy side, um, you know, it's buyer beware. I mean, maybe, maybe there is a, what is it, caveat emptor? Um, the, the idea of having a protecting on the buy side means that you get certain representations and warranties from the seller. They also make sure that you have the adequate insurance and maybe you want to um, maybe not even take necessarily the word or the representations of the seller, but perhaps you'll want a separate assessment and a separate cybersecurity assessment, risk assessment done on the, uh, on the proposed acquisition. I mean, it's, it'll cost money, sure, but it'll cost exponentially more if it turns out that you have inherited or are selling a time bomb you know, a cybersecurity time bomb. So I, I think that goes right into our next question is really when we're thinking about cybersecurity, it really does affect uh, the calculations for damages in an M&A transaction or possibly can rather. Oh, it absolutely would. Why, why would it? The question is not whether it would is why would it not? Right. So for an organization that's, you know, we'll call it a hundred million dollar family business you know, what should M&A cybersecurity due diligence look like? M&A cyber diligence should begin at the very outset. You want the, um, you want the PE, the family company, to undergo its own cybersecurity assessment. Because mm -hmm. just like any other managed service provider, um, depending upon the interplay between the, the private equity company and the portfolio company operating or what have you, um, you're going to have an interchange or some sort of managed service that they're going to be providing for their portfolio companies, right? There'll be an exchange of information. There'll be an exchange of confidential information. I'm sure about mm -hmm. this, right? So if that's the case, how do you protect that? It's, it's, not, it's no different than looking at a managed service provider who's providing um, outsourced um, HR or outsourced whatever you want to outsource um, sales and, and financial information management for, for any company. So the question is, what do you do to, um, to at least do your due diligence? It's not enough to say, well, I didn't know, or yeah, it's good enough. Um, and it's also not good enough to say, well, I'll just take another discount. I won't, I won't do the, the assessment. I'll just cut my price by 10%, right? Except that it might be a 50% hit if, if sure. it's a security incident. Uh, winds up winds up happening, and that 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 can be problematic. So where does it start? 
It starts with the, um, with the private equity company number one, right? Making sure that its house is in order and then making sure that each of its, um, e each of its subsidiary or, or holding companies, portfolio companies are, um, are equally protected based upon the type of industry or service that they provide. So, so Steve, for the folks that are listening on today's call that, you know, may, may be uh, contemplating a, a, an asset sale or doing some type of transaction in the near future, um, how, if they needed to uh, reach out to you uh, in terms of uh, uh, possible engagement, how would they best contact you? Is it an email? Is it a company website? How, how, can, they, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, website is sterlington.net, uh, just like it sounds. My email is uh, stepler, S-T-E-P-P-L-E-R, at sterlington.net. Um, and uh, I, I guess if, um, you know, you can look me up. If you look up T-E-P-P-L-E-R, there's a Stephen out there. There aren't too many of us. I haven't met my doppelganger yet. Um, should be easy to locate me. And, and we're hap I'm happy to talk to anybody for an hour without... Um, you know, without charge, without obligation, um, you know, still under attorney-client privilege, because as soon as you pick up the phone with me, that confidentiality um, takes place. But I, I'm happy to discuss, you know, even uh, broad aspects of, of what a client or potential client might need. Excellent. Um, before I let you go, you know, we shared, we talked about a, a wide range of information in today's short amount of time. Was there anything that I should have asked you that I didn't get to ask you uh, before I let you go? Um, no, but but as a public service announcement, you want to be careful out there. Don't you know? You shouldn't. Meaning the you know everybody. You sure. don't click. Don't click a link you're not aware of. Don't call a number that you're not familiar with. And uh, you know just because an email says it's from somewhere doesn't mean it is from somewhere. Always think before you use that finger. Sure. That's sure. all. That's, a, that's my PSA. I try, oh. to, I try to abide by myself and 99.9% .9 of the time, I, I think I'm successful. The rest, um, I don't know. <laughs> you never well, know. I, I, I think in cyber risk, you can't beat 99.9. Now we never be perfect. That, thanks for coming on the show and chatting cyber with us. Thank you very much, Mark. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.